0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from WISE, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With WISE, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how WISE could work for you at WISE.com. Here is something you just don't hear American presidents say. You didn't want to get involved in the Ukraine conflict militarily for obvious reasons, Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are? That's a commitment we made. President Biden in Tokyo in May saying the U.S. will defend the self-governed island of Taiwan in the event of an invasion by mainland China. China claims the island as its own and has threatened to invade if Taiwan were to declare independence. Now, the U.S. has a long-standing policy of ambiguity when it comes to talking about all this, not wanting to risk conflict with China. The White House says that U.S. policy on Taiwan has not changed, even as the president committed to a policy that would represent a significant change. What is indisputably changing is how Taiwan views its role in light of another global conflict, a conflict with some similarities to its own, the one between Russia and Ukraine.
1: The Ukrainian people are very brave, and we are taking the war in Ukraine into a very serious Uh, internal discussions.
0: Taiwan's Foreign Minister Joseph Wu spoke to NPR in May and said Taiwan looks to Ukraine as a model for how it could defend itself against a much larger adversary with help.
1: Defending Taiwan is our own responsibility, but what we need is the international support, speaking out uh, to support us and to provide us with the necessary means for us to be able to defend ourselves.
0: It's not just Taiwan's government that's taking notice. Chris Horton is a veteran journalist based there. He told me people in Taiwan are paying special attention to events in Ukraine. He picks up on it in surprising places, like speaking with a young surgeon recently, someone who focuses on pancreas and thyroid surgeries. She told Horton she is adding trauma surgery to her skill set.
1: Why? With the invasion of Ukraine by Russia... Like many people here, uh, especially younger people, she's trying to think about what she can do uh, to apply what she what she knows and what she does towards helping uh, Taiwan were it to be attacked by China. And so for her, trauma surgery is the, you know, the lowest hanging fruit.
0: Horton says she's not looking to learn how to shoot a gun.
1: At least not yet.
0: And she's not alone.
1: For many people in Taiwan, oh, there's been a kind of jolting effect uh, that has woken people up to the, the possibility that an invasion or attack by China could be more when than if.
0: Horton wrote about this for The Atlantic in a piece headlined The Lessons Taiwan is Learning from Ukraine. He has lived and reported in Taiwan for seven years, and he says people in his life were not having the should-I-stay-or-should-I-go conversation, not until this year.
1: This year has been the year that you've really started to have people start to think about their plan Bs here. There's a, a much more sense of immediacy and we need to think about this now. That's not just uh, families thinking about, well, you know, do we stay? Do we leave? It's also the government saying, look, you know, is our strategy to deal with a possible attack from China, is it, is it a good strategy? And uh, what is Ukraine doing against Russia that we can emulate that would work?
0: So tell me, tell me a story uh, about someone you have met, someone you've interviewed, who is now preparing for possible conflict possible war because it occurs to me that one thing that's very different between Taiwan and Ukraine among the things that are very different is that there haven't been a lot of opportunities in Taiwan to gain uh, battlefield conflict experience if you're a surgeon for example you're talking about a real shift in mindset um, and a very recent one
1: that's right and something that uh, both the government and civil society kind of weren't really prepared for so I I recently attended a uh, a screening of of a film, a documentary about what's um, what's been going on in Hong Kong uh, and I spoke with one audience member afterwards. Uh, she's in her mid thirties. She's basically like, I would be happy to learn how to do first aid, I would be happy to learn how to shoot a gun, but I just don't have those opportunities. Here you have uh, I would say insufficient uh, reservist program as well as uh, conscription, and it's all it's all men. Women uh, are being considered now as candidates for these programs, but time is of the essence. and I think a lot of people are just, they're asking themselves and they're asking the government, what can we do today to be ready for tomorrow?
0: When you talk to ordinary people, um, to civilians, I'm curious what they might be doing to prepare. Um, when I was reporting in Ukraine right before the uh, invasion, um, people had go bags packed. <laughs> In case they had to run. Um, and they were trying to get their hands on guns and learn how to use them.
1: That makes sense in, in Ukraine's context. Uh, sadly, here, if something were to kick off, the ability for people to leave would probably not exist or be close to non-existent. It's an island uh, for starters. It, it is an island, yes. And uh, and so, like, any sort of invasion attempt would start off with attempts to uh, to control airspace. And that would include commercial civilian flights. So go bags, I mean, if you're going to leave Taiwan, the people who are thinking about leaving, they're they're making plans now. And uh, maybe they're sending children to other countries to get uh, citizenship.
0: Is that happening?
1: I mean, it is happening, uh, at least anecdotally. In my experiences here, people are talking about it and doing it, but uh, we don't really we don't really have data available to say like how much of a thing that is but it's definitely
0: yeah it's part of the conversation
1: yeah yeah and in terms of guns i mean basically there's there's a few articles that have come out recently that have highlighted the uh the influx of people signing up for like airsoft gun classes and it's better than nothing i suppose but it really doesn't give you much of an idea of what it's like to fire a, a real firearm Uh, But I think that's really all people can do here because there's just not many options.
0: For people in Taiwan, what is the understanding, what is the expectation of how the rest of the world fits in? Um, Because as you know, uh, the U.S., its allies have rallied to help Ukraine. Is the expectation that there would be a, a rallying to help Taiwan?
1: So in terms of American assistance, I think... I think most Taiwanese people do feel that the U.S. would provide intelligence uh, and weapons, at least prior to a conflict, and intelligence throughout the conflict. But I don't think anyone here is expecting or taking for granted that uh, American soldiers would come to Taiwan's aid.
0: How did President Biden's recent remarks that caused a bit of an uproar here in the States, uh, how did they play there? The, The comment that the U.S., yes, is committed to defend Taiwan militarily.
1: In American media, there were a lot of uh, a lot of comments uh, and observations you know saying like Okay, this is Biden making a gaffe, but here you have a situation where Taiwanese people are expecting American assistance of some kind and American support at the very least, you know sanctions, but uh, probably more than that, but uh, also looking at Ukraine and what it 's going through now, Taiwanese people have i think kind of generally come to the conclusion that no matter what happens, if Taiwanese people aren 't willing to defend Taiwan themselves, at least initially, then uh, additional help won't be forthcoming.
0: Journalist Chris Horton, we've been speaking to him from his base in Taipei. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Mary Louise.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Betterment. The drama of having an enemy turned lover is never chill, but your investing portfolio should be. Betterment is the investing app that lets you be totally chill about your finances. Their automated tech makes it easy to get in the market and stay in the market. Save the drama for that moment when you realize your mortal enemy is actually your soulmate. Betterment. Be invested. And totally chill. Learn more at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Humans are kind of overrated. Over on Shortwave, a science podcast, we're only kind of kidding. We're bringing you the wondrous world of animal science to your daily life. From queer animal love stories to songbird memories, we're showing you how critter knowledge informs human science. Listen now to Shortwave, a podcast from NPR.